Hello brothers and sisters, this is the Remnant Warrior, and you are now listening to Buy Their Fruits on the Kingdom Productions Network. Buy their fruits, you shall know them. Buy, 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 buy their fruits. Hello, brothers and sisters, and welcome to this special edition Remnant Report by Their Fruits Roundtable special event. Tonight we're going to be just having one of the, in my opinion, and I'm sure everyone will agree, one of the foremost experts on the occult and Satanism on to talk about this issue with us tonight. The roundtable's just kind of going to be a laid-back type atmosphere, and we're going to let the Holy Spirit lead, but the Lord has blessed us to all be able to come together tonight. We've got the entire Kingdom Productions family in one episode, and that's always awesome. And on top of that, we've got Brother William Ramsey. Uh, And now I am going to close my mouth because I have a habit of trying, of not meaning to, but taking over the program. So I'm going to turn it over to Jeremy or John and let them introduce William Ramsey. Yes. Um, uh, thank you, uh, Pastor Anderson. It's great to uh, introduce uh, a fellow brother in Christ, an esteemed researcher, uh, someone who um, many people uh, do know and respect his body of work, but more people should also know. Uh, and come to uh, see his vast body of work uh, covering uh, many uh, different topics, including Aleister Crowley's life, um, uh, the uh, ritual, magical ritual of 9-11, uh, the West Memphis Three, the Smiley Face Killers, um, the falsity of the Innocence Project, uh, striking back at the heart of the satanic panic narrative, the order of the nine angles, as well as William excellent coverage on the pandemic too, as well. Uh, so it is definitely a pleasure to all of us here and hopefully to all of those who are listening to introduce, uh, William Ramsey. Thank you for joining us this evening. Thanks for the invite. I'm glad to be here. That's, uh, I've definitely put some work into like, studying the occult. There's no question about it. I never thought I would grow in a, into a being called an occult expert but it seems like that's uh applies so but uh, your official title i know and you, know. And just you do among it, many other times and you do it from a christian perspective as well as a born again christian which is important because there's not very few uh, voices out there in today's modern quote-unquote alternative media 
uh, that that covered this topics, uh, you know, someone who's born again from a Christian perspective, uh, which is quite rare because it seems to be mostly New Agers, <laughs> sadly right. now, uh, who seem to be covering this uh, topic and claim that they understand the occult or claim that they understand Satanism when in reality they have a, a flawed understanding of it. Um, and, and, and so they kind of try to spin it in one direction or another, uh, uh, um, usually, um, which I'm seeing that more and more now where they're, they're covering kind of, um, putting out, uh, numerous kind of like false topics. You see that a lot with the QAnon operation, try to take it as vast and as far as they can to kind of, you know, push this, uh, revelation of the method, uh, you know, that, that uh, Blavatsky and Bailey were very much, uh, you know, uh, kind of disclosing without lack of a better word. Uh, and we seem that to be happening. Um, and so, you know, one of the main cases that you have covered is the West Memphis three, uh, which, you know, your work um, definitely convinced me um, that um, Eccles, uh, Miss Kelly, I always forget the third Baldwin Baldwin. Yes. Uh, that they were uh, the guilty uh, of the murders of the boys in West Memphis, uh, and that it was a satanic ritual, uh, uh, you know, above and, and beyond that. Uh, which you know, I you know, it was it was quite interesting that because of uh, kind of like this Hollywood innocence project kind of industrial complex uh, of trying to make it seem like that they had not participated in any of these things. Uh, they are not guilty, which is not true. Uh, they still have not been, uh, to my knowledge, I don't think so. They've not been found innocent. No, uh, no they've not been uh, exonerated. It's still a yes. guilty plea. So yes. First degree murder plea. It doesn't go away. No. So, I mean, it's still there, but yet they want to try to push it. And, you know, I've, we've, you know, we covered it on my show. We read the documents about uh, Eddie Vedder uh, from Pearl Jam uh, or um, uh, Johnny Depp uh, Johnny and Marilyn, Depp, Marilyn Manson, Manson and Margaret Cho, Dixie Chicks, uh, tons of people, uh, Henry Rollins. It's a whole crew of people telling people the guy was innocent. So can you tell the audience briefly about the West Memphis three uh, case real quick, if you don't mind? It's really an incredible saga. It goes all the way back to 1993. Uh, really what happened was on May 5th, three young boys disappeared and uh, were later found the next day in a ditch. They were found in a strange way. One person was missing their genitals. Um, so the police were in arms. The city was going, what's going on? Uh, they were interviewing people. They interviewed some, some suspects. One guy was targeted or suspected. His name is really Michael Hutchison. He goes by Damian Eccles now. But eventually they brought in one guy, Jesse Miskelly, who confessed to the cops. And that led to the arrest of three people. Eccles, Baldwin, Miskelly. That was um, June 3rd, 1993. And then they were tried separately. Uh, there were two different court cases. They were found guilty after the court cases. They, all these records are online. So if this is not something that I'm making up, you can just verify everything online. And uh, so then they were put in jail. The two, Miss Kelly and Baldwin, got life sentences. Eccles was found uh, guilty. He was 18 at the time, so he was given the death penalty. And then he appealed, and there was these appeals going on. And then 1996, HBO put out the first of three documentaries called Paradise Lost. And that brought kind of the case to the public attention. It was kind of known in the public. I think it was a lot of, as a lot of media covered it. 
the trials back in 94. But that kind of curtailed. There were two follow-up uh, documentaries done by Berlinger and Sanofsky, HBO, that kind of pushed uh, their guilt away from the people who were found guilty in court in 94. And so there were kind of blames on the family members, stepfathers. And so that created kind of this uh, public interest that grew. And then these celebrities got involved. And then after the turn of the century, really big celebrities got involved. Peter Jack, wealthy, Peter Jackson and Johnny Depp. And they started getting money. They were given money to really get really the best attorney, really a great appellate attorney. His name was Dennis Reardon. He just passed away a couple of years ago. But they got a great appellate attorney. He'd really tried everything he could. He threw the full legal book at uh, during this appellate process at the government in or the state of Arkansas. And they found a linchpin uh, in this DNA. There was a law that was passed that if DNA wasn't tested back in 93, DNA was really at the very beginning of its kind of use. Now it's like that's what you need to find guilt which is kind of silly because all court cases from the beginning of time, people have found other people guilty without DNA until the last, you know, 30 years. Anyway, this court case with this is kind of linchpin to bring up new evidence. The defense found new evidence, supposedly retested stuff. They're still going through this kind of, I think, public charade of testing evidence. But this kind of led that, oh, the state missed this evidence. There's supposedly a, a hair that was from the, one of the stepfathers, which isn't true. The defense found a hair that was consistent with the stepfather, which is a very important distinction to make. So this kind of the public thing, more celebrities, there were, the amount raised was about 10 to $20 million. John Douglas came in, the FBI profiler on their side, and was talking to family members. Really interesting. Like that's a one component. Even I overlook at times, but I just went back through my John Douglas stuff. So he was on the uh, this side and actually was, according to his own book, he was one of the people who convinced some of the parents of the murder that it wasn't these guys. It's very, it's really incredible. Anyway, uh, it led to their release. They were released in August, 2011. There was an agreement between their defense. Now these are with the best attorneys they could buy. Like Reardon, I think was, you know, they were billing like seven figures, huge amounts of money for an attorney. But with the best attorneys, they pled guilty again. Well, they were they were found guilty in '94, but they pled guilty in 2011, August of 2011, to first degree murder. Signed on the dotted line, said they were guilty. They actually, you know, got up and verbally said, "Yes, I'm guilty." But they had a, and this is not uncommon in the law, is that they have an in court tactic and a public relations tactic, court of public opinion tactic. So saying in the public sphere, "Oh, I was railroaded," and, and you can listen to Eccles just drone on about a sob story about how he was beat up and his teeth were going to fall out and all the stuff like that. Anyway, they got out. They haven't found anybody to re to convict, by the way. It's been 12 years or whatever now since they got out of jail. They haven't found a really person, a credible alternate suspect to try and convict, which should tell something to people with like a couple brain cells to kind of rub together. But, it, you know, Eccles got out. He was always, uh, they always said that he was involved in the occult, interested in the occult. They said it before the trial. Uh, he admitted to pr practicing ceremonial magic in jail and meditating. And then he got out. He just like went right back into it. So he was seen with he heavy duty occultists. Uh, Genesis P. Orge, we were talking the pre-show about transhumanism. This is kind of like one of the followers of Crowley who carried on with Crowley. Crowley said Satan was a positive androgyne. And so that's what Genesis P. Orge said. He was a pandrogen. 
So that's Eccles hanging out with this guy who like blows demons through a uh, human femur and all kinds of crazy stuff. So, uh, but he also has written, I think he's at six books now and four of them are about the occult rituals or things like that. And uh, so transhumanism and sexual perversion and transsexuality are rolled into one, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's important to see this whole trans assault as part of the satanic assault on the culture. Really. It's just another prong, right? So it's just a multi-tiered assault on reality itself, really, by the devil, I think. But Eccles was recently on uh, Tim Pool, big show, professing his innocence. And what does he say his most important person in his life was Aleister Crowley. And that's really kind of what turned me on to the whole story, because I just finished that biography about Crowley called Prophet of Evil and kind of the numerology of 9-11 and Crowley's ideas. It's not just his numerology, but Crowley's ideas, I think, were kind of suffused in there, but they're also just satanic ideas. So, I mean, it's Crowley and Satanism. But uh, so that's kind of what led me on to this whole story, because I originally thought that the West Memphis Three, I remember them getting out in 2011. I'd seen the first documentary. I just assumed that there was some kind of technicality and that they... You know, we're led on on something like there was something wrong with the actual court case. And then I actually started reading it. I kind of put on my legal hat and read through everything. I read everything I could. And then I realized, hey, these guys are uh, still cultists. And then I think it's proven, like my book is 10 years old, but Eccles' action since he's got out of court, he went to Salem in Massachusetts because he felt sympathetic to like the witch trials. So all this stuff is just on it. And his tattoos are really incredible. He has the script of the Illuminati on his like uh, he turned his body into a magical kind of paperwork, which, you know, kind of reminds me of like Red Dragon with uh, with the Harris book or something like that. He has a huge black sun tattoo on his back. And uh, and that was an issue in court, actually. It was this downward facing pentagram he had put on his chest. Uh, and there he, you know, we can go into all the kids. Jesse Miss Kelly's six confessions, six or seven confessions, like his recorded confessions are available. Eccles was in three different institu mental institutions and he had a 500 page it's referenced in like the people who know the court case as exhibit 500 because it's 500 pages of his records and it really goes into detail of what he was like before May uh, 5th 1993 so you can see blood drinking occultism says he's a vampire admires Michael Aquino Anton LaVey uh, you know it's all there he and so that's really it. And I think it's kind of an important kind of cultural piece of the of the U.S. You have this innocence fraud component put in. You have celebrity. You have literal Satanism, occultism. And uh, it really hasn't gone away. Like I was, I'm like bickering with people online. I literally got gang stalked or cyber stalked uh, putting up stuff about Crowley on Twitter, which was interesting. Actually, kind of a criminal act. Actually, I think I could probably call the FBI. But uh all his, you know, his followers are, his admirers are pretty nasty. It's been nasty, actually, for the whole 10 years that I've been kind of involved in this case. So it hasn't really gone away. But, yeah, I mean, I think it goes into the satanic panic. The whole concept of satanic panic really is an invention of the occultists. It's an invention of the people who are sympathetic to that kind of thinking, whatever stripe of new age magic or occultism is really them it's because the christians get up and sit up and go wow these are like the deeper things of satan or the schemes of satan like paul talks about or so um, uh, christians are more sensitive i think and, and justly and rightly so whereas i think people from kind of an atheistic or 
um, kind of a cult perspective. Like, why are you guys panicking? This is what I do on the daily. This is my daily life. So the whole satanic panic notion is a joke. And there's clearly so much occultism going on. Like we talked in the pre-show. It's everywhere now. That's really the predominant religion. Like it's inverted where uh, the Christians are going to be prosecuted or will probably are being prosecuted as we speak in different ways and shapes and forms. You can go through just some of these people, like the guy who was the Christian cake baker, those guys who like sued him, they came from another state. They intentionally went there to get him to deny it. Like it was a form of an attack. That's just one of so many different things going on. But uh, yeah, so I think that understanding the West Memphis Three and we, we talked about satanic ritual abuse and that was kind of the theme of what we're going to talk about. And that kind of ritual abuse was, I think in this, this ended up not just abuse, but death. Like there was ritualized components at that crime scene. There was candle wax was found, weird knots that you can tie into kind of modern Wicca. Uh, there are Chris Knowles, who of The Secret Son Speaks. I talked to him about some of the druidic elements of what happened to those kids because it's consistent with like the bog men of uh, these druids would take people and, and put them in bogs with stakes and tie them up and sacrifice them like that. And those guys, uh, those three before they were arrested, they were seen with like staves, like Gandalf, you know, like walking around with cloaks and stuff like that. They were really living it. So, um, yeah, but uh, yeah, Eccles is still around. He just did this huge thing and on Tim Pool and made a lot of really interesting admissions. He admitted he was a savage. He admitted that he was full of hate, 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 hate. He hated everything at one time. And I got a question uh, he was for you, religion. Yeah, but- uh, just concerning the West Memphis Three, I mean, obviously the uh, you know the crime was definitely and obviously ritualistic. But has anybody like pinned it? Like it looks like it came out of a playbook, you know. Like has anybody pinned whether like what sect that might have come from or that specific uh, ritual sacrifice? Like was it Crowley or was it something out of the OTO? Like has anybody made a connection to where that specific type of ritual came from? No, it's a really good question. I've never been able to do it. Like, I've just seen other components like Knowles open my eyes to the whole Druidic element. So, but the right. specifics, there are things in the court cases, the statements. There was a guy, Aldous Glenbly, who said they had some kind of weird dragon book or something like that with rituals. So the specifics of what they were doing um, aren't obvious to me. Like, I don't know what, I don't know, occult magic. I'd have to go back and read like I would reread Crowley stuff again and see like that. But there are, it's consistent with water deaths. Two of the boys drowned. They were tied up and drowned. And there's been stories like if you look at the five points of the pentagram, it's air, earth, fire, water, and matter, I think it is. But like you're supposed to disperse the spirit into the water. It's consistent actually with kind of like the uh, smiley face killings deaths. So I think that there is some form of sacrifice that takes place with water. And uh, the term sacrifice, you always kind of have this thing like somebody on a, like an Aztec on a, like a table where you've cut his heart out. But I think there are other components like within the occult where, you know, people can be killed in different forms and be considered a sacrifice. So, um, yeah, a lot of it's mixed the, too. A like, lot of it is like mixing a bunch of different uh, uh, types of rituals together for more prominent magic. You know what I mean? It's right. not always just like. That's a great so, point. That, that would be like, hard. The dates are right. So it's May 5th. I think it was Sam Hain or Imbolc or one of those satanic calendar dates. Um, and the water and the full moon. And Eccles wrote did this drawing of the sacrificing a baby with a rattle. 
And in that drawing is a cemetery with a full moon and power going up to a pentagram. And the trees wow. in the background are the exact type of trees that are in that part of West Memphis, right? I forgot what the name of the tree is, but it's clearly consistent with like things that he had seen being out in nature. It's um, like he's saying he's guilty without saying he's guilty. I know he admitted it, but I mean, come on. All the stuff that he boasts about, like subtly, it, it, it's like, come on. Isn't one of his books about it? It's about ritual. I haven't read his more recent books. I read one called oh, Life After I Death. Life oh, After I Death is actually interesting because you, if you piece together his little statements, you can get a full picture of what's going on because he even admits in Life After Death that his ex-girlfriend at the time her parents took her to some kind of like de-ritualized magic like group like you would take somebody who was a drug addict to yeah like a reform center in utah their parent her parents were so concerned they took her to someplace and she dropped off the map a map like she's oh, like wow. i don't even know what happened to her but there's that... pictures of her and acknowledgments of her like story so um yeah you like i haven't uh, his books on magic like what the other one was like archangels or something like that so there's tame stuff that he's put out public but i know he has a secret pamphlet that is not public and this is kind of consistent with a lot of occult groups and that pamphlet's called mind magic with a k and so and i think that he that's what he thinks he's doing when he goes on this this is my opinion i think that's what he thinks he's doing when he's going on these shows or tim pool he's manipulating them and he, there's little techniques that he does nlp techniques Guys, can we reaffirming techniques? Yeah. Can we break for one second and and have prayer? I believe Brother John's under attack. He's been um for some reason it, it it's taken him off. His internet's gone out several times. It's only me. The rest of my family are having no issues whatsoever. It's literally only me. Um. It I I it keeps going on and off, on and off. And I've With I don't think I've ever had it's like it's not like they're perfectly fine. I know I'm separate from them, but I haven't had a problem like this for I've ever known. Yeah. So I don't know what's going what on. You're talking about and the fact that you're recording and you're the one that it kicked off. Um I don't think it's a coincidence and I don't think it'll hurt to pray. Um if Nobody has a problem with stopping for just a minute to pray. Oh, William, are you re are you recording by chance? Yes, too? yeah, I'm still recording. Good, because we I, I lost everything. <laughs> like, okay, good. Well, I'll send you this when I'm done. I'm, okay, yeah, I've got everything since we said we agreed to record. Yes, thank you. All right. Well, I'll go ahead and um, start us with the word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you now, Lord, and. Father, I pray that you would just bind any spiritual wickedness and demonic influences, any witchcraft, anybody sending any kind of spell work or coming against us in the astral plane, anything occult-like, I pray that it would be bound in the name of Jesus right now so that we can record this episode, get this information out for people who really need to hear it. Lord, I pray that anyone and any 
spirit trying to come against John or any other one of us on here would be sent back to your feet right now for judgment. Lord, I pray that the rest of this program would be recorded without any incident. And I ask all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Okay. Um, so, William, something I've, I don't think I've asked you this before, but I wanted to ask you uh, this. The only perpetrator um, that seemed to have any remorse whatsoever was Miss Kelly, right? Like, he's yeah. like the only one who's felt any shred of remorse for his actions, correct? Out of all three of them, for what that's I've what seen? it seems. Yeah, that's what it seems. Even okay. Heckles, the day after when he was interviewed, like one or two days after the crime, he's he was asked specifically by the cops, like, well, how do you think a person feels who did this? And then Eccles responded, he feels good. So his his wiring in his head is different than everybody. That's probably like a serial killer or a sociopath. Sociopath. Yeah. yeah. So Miss Kelly was crying. There was a testimony. There's a statement. I actually just posted it on my Patreon. Uh, there was a guy who went in and uh, Miss Kelly gave him his shoes, like his muddy shoes, and was crying and tears in his eyes. So that was happening right after the case. And he was the one who admitted. And then he, like out of some kind of sense of moral duty, after he got convicted, he kept saying we did it he told the cops on the way to the jail two cops like we did it they did it damien and jason and then he recorded it and it's recorded and his lawyer actually did a really good job he was like i think the guy who represented miss kelly was really a good lawyer uh for the defense he kept saying miss kelly don't this is this is going to risk your appeal do not do this keep your mouth shut and miss kelly says i want to do it i want to do it so there was one that kind of i termed uh the confession against the advice of the attorney um, and then another one, uh, hand on the Bible. So he actually believed in the Bible. He's not a very uh, clever guy, Miss Kelly, unfortunately. But he believed enough in the Bible where he stuck his hand on the Bible and said, we did it again. Then he told another girl he did it. Like, he just kept saying, we did it, we did it, we did it. And then everything kind of changed over time. And he kept his mouth shut because he probably wanted to get out of jail. Yeah, he's really still alive. For him. Yeah, he had a DUI. But I think he kind of just went back to the trailer park and keeps a very very low profile he's not out he's not out like the rest of them out there saying anything from what i've really seen he seems to keep to himself i don't Uh, think he's been on any kind of media at all since he got out in 2011 i don't think he's even made a statement like i don't i don't haven't heard is demon possessed up to his eyeballs he said it Mm -hmm. in this that exhibit 500 that he had the spirit of a dead woman and it gives him power that's what he said so and he also you can go read that book it's pretty incredible like he had night journeys and had this being called rosie who licked his hand and all this stuff it's crazy he would wake up at the foot of the bed so his his mindscape is not like the normal kid who grows up with a two-parent family idolized, and stuff like that. i mean idolized crowley and i think that you know the the mutilation of the buyer's boy and the age of the boys along with you know crowley's um statement of magic and theory and practice right the perfect sacrifice is a child of of perfect innocence or whatever Mm -hmm. yeah i think that has to do with it the the occultists have a tough one with that they really do they have a tough one they always say that he wasn't being literal and that it refers to magical masturbation or something like that but the other thing is like when i got in trouble on twitter 
with all these occultists is that he's made Crowley's made other references to human sacrifice and other of his writings that I know of, which the average person would not read through that, but I know that stuff because I read it. So he says that in Lever 77 and in The World's Tragedy. And The World's Tragedy for Crowley was Jesus Christ, right? And The World's Tragedy is actually interesting because he becomes the world messiah. Like that's the way Crowley thought of himself, right? So he like takes the place of Jesus and does all kinds of blasphemy um, against the Lord and all that stuff. So just like Eccles actually said something very... Echo said something very blasphemous in this most recent talk he had with Tim Pool, where he said, there's a magical world and we can bring that energy down through ceremonial magic and we can all be like Jesus. So he like, like that's just a stone cold. Uh, it's not even Gnostic. It's just straight blasphemy. It's not Jesus, you know, the Jesus, the master magician. Yeah. yeah like he's, a magician. And he's made that before. He's also said something like Jesus carried there's depictions of Christ with, uh, a wand like there were early uh things like that but that's not in the gospels at all yeah so yeah so Crowley blasphemy echoes blasphemy yes matthew what were you gonna say you're on mute buddy thought i heard matthew chime in yeah i i have a question uh so but before i ask the question so you had mentioned something about the druids. Is that, are they the ones with the black robes? Right. So like the druids right? were even My going thing. back to like Roman times, there were the Celts and going all the way up into Ireland and everything. There was kind of a priest class and they were known as the druids and they were kind of like Wiccans. You know, Wicca has tries to take from druidism, the historical druidism, but they were kind of a they were involved in human sacrifice, tree worship. And they were always tried, they tried, Caesar tried to root them out. And then they were part of all the witch burnings. A lot of those druids and those kind of folk, uh, forest folk were burned at the stakes and all that stuff like that during the dark ages and things like that. But yeah, that's in Hollywood. Well, yeah, Hollywood. The reason I ask is you had mentioned something about water and the connection with water with these uh, rituals. And it made me think about something. So, the uh, the farm that my wife had grew up in uh you could that my my in-laws had for a long long time that she grew up at there was a lot of really uh a lot of it would take a whole long time to go through all the different stuff that happened out there but there was a lot of demonic stuff that happened out there that is probably some way tied to this but i don't know if it's directly tied or not uh, a lot of like witchcraft stuff like that from hundred years back but uh down in the river bottoms you could from their farm they lived up on a hill or about midway down a hill but down in the river bottoms you could hear uh stuff at night and i remember being out there one night and i asked my father-in-law what that was and he had kind of non snotly just kind of said oh that's that's the satanist chanting down at the river bottoms and i kind of thought he was just kind of you know joking around or something i was like all right whatever you know anyway um i had talked to my brother-in-law later on and he said yeah they they go down in the river bottoms and do that and then I, it was weird and you know, i had been down there uh several times you know gigging frogs and stuff like that in the middle of the night i never seen anything like that 
fishing and everything, never seen anything like that. But my friend that we went to school with, he had him and his friends uh, were, were down in that same spot, driving down that road in the middle of the night. And uh, they, it's, it's in a low water crossing the, uh, in the woods. It, the road goes down almost completely into the river and comes back out out of the bottoms and he said that they had ran into when they had got down at the bottom of that low water crossing up on the river they had run into people that were having a, a basically like a bonfire off in the in the woods and they were in black robes and somebody had stopped them in the middle of the road and my friend uh him and his friends they i guess they had a lot of guns in their truck with them so they you know told them to go on get out of the way and so the guy in the black robe that has stopped in the middle stopped them in the middle of the road had i guess they scared him off and he ran off into the woods but he said they were dressed in black robes and they had a big fire off and it was the same spot because they were maybe uh my my in-laws house was less than a mile maybe a between a half and three quarters of a mile from where that spot in the river was uh but it anyway i it it made me think about it when you said something about uh, the, the connection with water. And then uh, you had said something about the Druids. And uh, I had heard somewhere that they they had the black robes. So I didn't know, is there any kind of, could there be some kind of connection with uh, the river? And you had said something about uh, West Memphis. Is that, so was that on the water too? I mean, is there any kind of connection with that or is that just coincidence? Like with, with that, with the occult witchcraft and things like that, with the water and locate. I mean, there, there's all kinds of strange things that go, they go back into kind of prehistory, Greek history. The god of the underworld, uh, you know, has a trident, is at the bottom of the water, who's thrust out from heaven. It was uh, Typhon, right? So you see this Typhonian tradition of this kind of symbolic uh, god who's in the underworld and the river. And that's how you can reach him by getting these bodies to him. So I don't know what these guys think. I, I'm not a practicing cultist by any stretch of the imagination. But I have seen other weird kind of water sacrifices. If you look at Lucifer Rising <laughs> at the yeah. end of uh, Lucifer Rising by Kenneth Anger, the, what precedes these arrivals of the UFOs is like this toad, human totems being thrown in water. So maybe they, they know something I don't. I don't practice that stuff. I would have to go back and read and see what they're doing. I don't remember reading anything in Crowley. You know, I've kind of made my way through a lot of his writing. I don't remember anything in Crowley about kind of water sacrifice or anything, but a lot of his rituals are like, they're, they're hidden. They're like occulted by, you know, cryptic jargon and magical jargon. So their meaning isn't really obvious at the first thing. So a lot of those like Libra 11, Libra 77, Libra 175, some are more obvious than others, but some are hard, hard to figure out. But uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe somebody out there knows. Maybe there's a cultist. No, but they don't. It's a cultism. So they won't tell you what they really mean. I don't know. I've heard a lot of testimonies from people who have come out of um, SRA and Satanism. Um, talk about water spirits. Um some even claim to have been able to have the power to physically transform and go down, you know, into the water. I don't know how true that is, but I definitely believe enough in the supernatural, both, you know, 
godly supernatural you know good angels and you know, the bible's clear that we battle not against people flesh and blood but you know spiritual you know principalities powers spiritual wickedness in high places and we know that the god of this world is satan you know and he doesn't have anywhere close to the power that christ has he's been defeated however he still has power and because he knows his time is short it makes him that much more dangerous and you know we know from ephesians that and from throughout the new testament anyone who is not in christ is literally a child of of the devil and we know that you know satan works through the sons of disobedience and you know the west memphis three are a at least Eccles is a perfect example of a child of disobedience and it, it's clear the spiritual forces that are working through him um you know i'm sure that he probably researched and maybe even got into modern day druidism but you know modern day druidism is nothing like you know druidism the original druids you know from britain and the english isles um that you were talking about earlier, you know, but, but it's part of the neo-pagan tradition. So I would say people are looking back to that. Certainly ONA is, is infused with druidic ideas like going into the forest and forest energies and presencing and weird stuff like that. But uh, yeah, so he, I think Eccles knows his, I think his repute, you know, his global people know him because he knows pretty much everything about the occult, which he admitted on stand when he was 18 they asked him what do you know about this he says i know everything so he, he may not have really known everything at that time but he thought he knew everything at 18 well, he quoted things from crowley's writings that only someone i mean there was no internet back then he had to actually read the books good point and, yeah. and this was in the trial yeah and he said like what did you think about alistair crowley he says he thought he was a god like how would he know that like every man is a god so he kind of knew that from some taking like he might have got it from his parents. Like, I think his parents were into the occult. That same year, his parents or his mom and his sister were down at the river at Mississippi in the Mississippi River doing a bonfire or something. Somebody got shot and killed. So, yeah, so, like, what's going on down there? What are you guys doing down by the river on a bonfire in the middle of the night? And his mom really never really worked. She had a totally witchy vibe to me. Like, I saw and seen a picture of her and... um see intergenerational i wouldn't surprise me at all i don't think it started right. with Damian Eccles or yeah whatever his real name is michael hutchison yeah absolutely i know mike stibbs who um was supposed to be on with us tonight um project revelation he's done um some stuff recently in i guess the past few months on the west memphis three that i've watched interesting and um i i don't think i finished the third part but it was really good it really yeah was. he did a good job 
that was one of the main reasons I was hoping he was going to join us tonight. Uh, Matthew, Marcel, I just wanted to mention something that you brought up earlier about the connection with water. I know that on the, as William mentioned earlier on the uh, pentagram and inverted pentagram, it's the, the, each point represents um, one of the five elements. So you got spirit, water, fire, uh, air, you know, and um, it, to me, it seems like each one of those points are a point of sacrifice too, whether it's in the water or by fire or what have you, you know what I mean? I, I think that part of the ritualistic practices use one of those five points to further some, you know, to, to, to get something out of their ritual. If you do it by water or if you do it by fire, I think they all conjure up different things. That's just a theory of mine. I'm not really sure, but it makes sense to me. So, I think what happened on May 5th, 1993 was intentional. Like something was going on. Somebody would have had to have the ties, the candle. So mm -hmm. I think something was planned. So Definitely premeditated. Yeah, premeditated. So hey, somebody's hey, trying hey. to in, in do something, like do a mega ritual or something. William, I got a question um, for you, and you might not know the answer to this. I looked myself after I saw uh, Damien Eccles on Tim Pool's podcast. Uh, but do you know if there's any time where Damien Eccles interacted with Stephen K. Bannon by chance? The reason why I ask is because Stephen ba K. Bannon, as an occultist himself, uh, who claims to be a uh, born-again Christian now, but I don't buy it, uh, um, he... Uh, seemed to be who was in command of Tim Pool and Luke Radowski. If we are change, uh, the past few years seems to be who is kind of puppeteering uh, Tim Pool. It seems to have a very strong relationship with Tim Pool. Um, and he's mm. been on uh, the Tim cast uh, quite a few times these past few years and seems to have kind of like this, this uh, mentor handler relationship with Tim Pool. Uh so I just didn't know if you had come across I haven't seen anywhere where Bandit has interviewed Eccles, but I just didn't know if you had heard or anything or had seen anything where Bandit had been interviewing anybody as far as Innocence Project is concerned or or any of that at all to your knowledge. No, but it's pretty interesting. What's the occultism of Bandit? Isn't he a uh Evola, yes, e Evola, um, uh, Julius, uh, Evola or Evola, yes. Uh, he seemed to be uh, a chaos magic uh, practitioner. Uh, of course, he had at once allied himself with uh, a major Crowleyite, uh, uh, um, chaos magician, Alexander Dugan. Uh, which at one time Bannon and Dugan were allied. We really don't know if they are allied now. They may or may not be. They seem to be kind of out of Oz right now, but who knows if that's uh, truthful or not, uh, whether or not that they are at odds. But we do know that one time they saw very similar, uh, they were allies and they saw very similar um, paths of advancement of their countries, both with Dugan with Russia and Bannon with the United States. Um, and so both of them are chaos magicians. Both of them thrive on chaos. Supposedly, Bannon chose RFK Jr. to be the new chaos candidate against Biden in the 2024 election. Uh, Bannon originally wanted Trump to be the chaos candidate, which he was in 2016, and wanted a Trump uh, political 
uh, kingship and dynasty where his sons would take over for him as the God Emperor of the United States of America after uh, Trump, uh, you know, continued through the dynasty line, kind of like a new Trumpian Camelot, very similar to the Kennedys. Uh, and so, you know, that's why I asked if you had come across uh, any of that, because Bannon himself, though not as well known as an occultist as Dugan, I mean, we literally have, you know, video of Dugan reciting in Russian, you know, Crowley's quote unquote, you know, Gnostic satanic prayers and poems while two people in crucifixes are spinning around with flames coming off right. of them. All right. It doesn't get more occultish than that. Okay. Right. Right. And so, and we know that also Dugan who believes that the Russian people primarily are Asiatic and not Caucasian. Uh, and he really legitly hates uh, Caucasian people, white people. Dugan does. I mean, he literally blamed all the ills of the world and of the elite and all the satanic uh, elite pedophilia literally on 17 and 16 year old white kids in their parents' basement and said it was their fault for their inactivity and their slothfulness. The reason why these things occur. So Dugan is a truly evil man who we should pray for. Uh, but I just didn't know if, if you had come across any, uh, you know, between Eccles or abandoned by any, 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 you know, innocent project or just anything, because it well, seemed like guess it would what? be something guess up in what? Bannon's alley. So guess what? I have the connection. Because oh, I did okay. some research just now, which I did okay. have. Despite their different backgrounds and worldviews, Bannon and Eccles formed a close bond. Eccles has described Bannon as a close friend and a mentor. So that would make the connection of probably why he was on Tim Pool. In an interview with I, the New Yorker, Eccles... That's crazy. In an interview with the New Yorker, Eccles said that Bannon helped him navigate the world of politics and media after his release from prison. Oh, wow. wow. Okay. You and I definitely need to dig further on that because yes, that sure is something. That's, That's a New Yorker sure article. Let me find the article. It's from, uh, oh crap, I got to find it. Um, Bannon was just in town. I was talking to a friend, was at a conference with Bannon and Edward Dowd and all these other characters were in town, like some kind of right wing heavy hitters. Wow. So, I, I, you know, I had a feeling and it was probably the Holy Spirit. You're right. I knew. I, I had a feeling that they had to be connected to the hill with each other. Like they had to have been for Tim to show right. up on Tim cast and Bannon being a massive chaos magician, a Satanist and the cultist. And sure enough, this proves it. This literally combines the West Memphis three with Stephen Bannon. That's crazy. That is absolutely astonishing. I'm now I got a question I got a for William or John. Now, now uh, you, you mentioned Dugan, right? And, and, I don't know about Bannon, but do either of those have a connection to Michael Aquino himself? And could you tell the audience who Michael Aquino is? I don't know if either one of them have a connection to Michael Aquino, to my knowledge. Um, but yes, William, you can speak to you can speak to you know Michael Aquino, then I'll give the information that I have on Aquino. Uh, but to my knowledge, I mean, I'm sure Bannon was uh, naval intelligence, being an occultist. I'm pretty right. sure at one time period he had, had crossed pass with Aquino, uh, just like Alex Jones talked about seeing Aquino at the Rockwall Texas football game, you know, just wow. casually said it, you know, to the occultist Mark Passio, you know. So I don't know if you guys wow. ever remember that, but I, I used to discuss that clip with my uncle uh, all the time, you know, just being shocked that nobody paid attention when he was like, yeah, I just saw Michael Aquino at a Rockwall high school football game. You know, Alex Jones just blurts this out, right? Like, 
Okay, so what did you, did you go up to him? Are you comrades? Like, 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 what was why was he doing at a high school football game in Rockwall, Texas, of all places? Scouting. You know? Okay, yeah, here I we mean, go. Yeah. Here we go. It gets worse. Bannon has promoted Eccles's Eccles' work on his radio show and has reportedly introduced him to other influential figures in conservative politics. In the Washington Post, Eccles stated, Steve and I come from opposite sides of the spectrum, but we share a lot of common ground, especially when it comes to social justice and reforming the criminal justice system. <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. It's all right. You are right, man. Wow. It's one part of the eagle. Okay, it's one part of these satanic wow. people that represents these United States wow. of America. That's all I got to say. Oh my God, he's clowning. Bannon's clowning all those guys on the right. He's yes, I mean just... he. I literally listened to him the other day because I want to see what he's going to say about RFK Jr. He has a picture now. Granted, is a Catholic representation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but he has an icon behind him with a cross. Right, okay? right. that's and on his show every day. Right? Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and I'm like, Bannon, you ain't fooling me. I know where you come from. I know what you say, but he's got all. He's got so many Christians duped. It's just like the real politics of these guys, right? It's the real politic. They don't. They just see Christian as like that's what I have to be to. Uh, to get out, get along. As a means, I don't know if you guys can see this. Look at this pesky squirrel. He comes in and bothers me while I'm working. Can you see this? <laughs> no, we can't. Let me let me undo this. Hold on. Sorry to interrupt. Let me get, let me unblur this. But, um, I can see it a little bit. It's just the most annoying squirrel. It demands to have it demands to have his food. Watch this. Come here. Look at it. Can you hear it? It's totally annoying. <laughs> So now we learned that William oh, no, my Talents just... is a squirrel whisperer. My dog, my dog, <laughs> my dog just scared him away. Chance, get in here. Come on, stop bothering the squirrel. This dog Come on, squirrels. Chance. Yeah, you just bungled. I had this great, like, on video moment, and you just ruined it. Go away. <laughs> so you want to say hi? Come here. Surprise, my bulldog. He's a big, he's a squirrel killer. Aww. He has the nicest temperament, but except for squirrels. Go away. Now, now, John, was 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 Aquino and, and Dugan at least like uh, were they around in the same time period? I, I want to see if they have some sort of connection. Well, Dugan would be in Russia, Russia. So right. I mean, I'm not saying Aquino wasn't a world traveler, quote unquote. He was, but you know, I mean, I haven't seen any. I've seen Aquino be together with um, Zibnu Brzezinski, wow. where Zibnu was literally go. like, "I pass my torch on to you, Dugan." You know, like I saw that. I mean, you know, you can go look up with them meeting and then, you know, and then and Dugan practically saying that, um, you know, so, I mean, there's that. But as far as Aquino and, and, you know, Aquino was, you know, a major part of the United States military. He was a known Satanist. Almost it was almost, you know, it was a way to make people look at Aquino and the evil man that he looked like with his eyebrows penciled in and like, he looked like a character, like evil Satanist, right. Wearing a military uniform, Colonel Michael Aquino. Right. So it's my belief that he was put forth and oh, first and foremost out there and was doing all these talk shows and everything was, was to, you know, to bring the narrative of the satanic panic 
in the late 1980s and 1990s. Not to say that Aquino was not an evil man. He was not a pedophile. You know, he wasn't a Satanist. He was. He was a horrific human being who took the coward's way out instead of, you know, asking for forgiveness and, and becoming born again and turning his life over to God. He put a, uh, supposedly put a gun in his mouth and committed suicide, okay, because he was in pain, all right? And so this man who is evil, evil, he's very evil, Aquino was, he, to me, it seemed like he was almost put out there front and foremost to people's minds as a kind of a way to, in a, I mean, it's Revelation of the Method, but in a lot of it, Revelation is a hierarchy, but a lot of it was to, one, to almost make a caricature of a Satanist, you know, to the mind, to, to anybody who sees it, to the mind of anybody who sees Aquino. Um, and, and, and that's what, you know, I think it was to perpetrate the satanic panic narrative. Uh, and that's why he was out there first and foremost, uh, first and foremost, he was arrogant. He was, he was able to use neuro-linguistic programming very well. He was a highly intelligent man. Uh, you know, he wrote from PSYOP to Mind War with, uh, Paul Vallely, who pushes the QAnon operation now. And so did Aquino. Yeah, he's still uh, around. Yeah, Vlaley's still around. He still shows up in alternative right-wing talking shows yeah, like uh, Caravan to Midnight with John B. Wells, you know? And so, <laughs> you know, Vlaley, you know, was CMP. Uh, we don't know if Aquino was. Uh, and they're out there. And, you know, and, and so I, I'm not excusing any of the wicked things that Aquino's done. But to me, it seems like he was put out there first and foremost to almost make it seem like the satanic panic narrative was real and that Satanism's a joke. And, and that's my a, opinion. And there was a little more to it that's actually kind of obvious. You know, he, he starts out with LaVey in the Church of Satan. And, you know, of course, Anton LaVey claims, you know, he that he doesn't really believe in Satan. You know, they worship themselves. And then you have Aquino who splits and creates the Temple of Set and is like the picture of the hardcore uh, black magic Satanist. And both of them are very vocal, very out and public. And in if in no other way, in the subconscious of the minds of the American people, you see the right and left-handed path, even if it wasn't meant to be that way, it, it's a, an extremely obvious example. And I think it's still going on. You know, you were talking earlier about Trump. And, you know, you have the connection with Trump and Kennedy. You were talking about the new Camelot and all that. Um, there was one thing that I wanted to ask William that is on the same subject, but is not about the West Memphis Three. It's actually about the military and um, Michael Aquino. Um, you know, everybody who knows anything about him knows that he was an outspoken, you know, Satanist. Right. right. Um, but besides him, how much do you think 
Satanism is just like weaved all throughout the American military. I don't know. I, I really don't know the totality of it. I wouldn't be surprised. There's like secret rituals in certain groups, high level groups. I wouldn't even know, but nothing would surprise me. I mean, I think it's allowed. Um, so I, I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't really know. I've seen some interviews about people like Satanists. So. Greg Greg Reed talked about that. How he uh, was called in some cases about strange activity and occult rituals uh, in the military when we had him on, didn't he, John? Yeah, I mean it's. I mean it's definitely out there. It's definitely pushed uh to 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 a certain degree uh that's for sure uh now how much it truly is um i you know it's 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 you you can debate uh uh but i mean it's definitely it definitely does exist i mean especially with all the killings that we have here at fort bragg of the soldiers that have been come to uh public view uh these past few years which again i people here who've lived in Fayetteville, north carolina have known that these uh, murders of these soldiers uh, have has been occurring uh, for uh, decades, decades. I mean, yeah, you know, they, they would they would find a beheaded soldier at Cross Creek Mall, Valley Mall, uh, you know, with with their head, you know, uh, you know, missing or, uh, you know, in a dumpster. And the local uh, Federal Observer newspaper and the Fayetteville Police Department would just, you know, with the military police, would just bury it. Would you, would you, you know, you would hear by word of mouth, um, you know, uh, that these events were occurring, but they would not be reported in the newspaper. Just like there was a serial killer in Lumberton, North Carolina, that was uh, targeting uh, primary Lumbee uh, prostitutes, uh, which was completely buried as well too. Uh, and so, I mean, it, it there it definitely exists. Uh, now the, 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 the measure of it, I, I don't have no answer to that. Um, but I mean, you know, I see you shaking your head, Jeremy. I mean, you've lived in this area. You self likely probably have heard, no, you can attest to and have heard the same things that I'm attesting to right now. You know, anybody who's lived here knows that, 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 that there were ritual killings of United States soldiers yes. in the Fort Bragg area. That's been happening for decades, decades. And now all of a sudden they want to report about it now. But anybody who's lived here knows we hear about it all the time and it never makes the papers. It never makes the papers. But, you know, it's word gets around. Word gets around. Yeah. And we so. know the CIA, um, you know, used occult techniques to um, fracture people and do all kind of things. And we know that at one time there was a very high-ranking Luciferian who was the head of the CIA with, you know, Bush Sr. Um, I, I just really honestly, with that and the things like the WikiLeaks with, you know, Hillary and Podesta, I just don't see how it's not all throughout. More prevalent, yeah, than we think. Yeah, I would probably be, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. This may be a stretch, William, but is there any, uh, have you seen any similarities or connections to any of the uh, uh, crimes from the smiley face killers? Like anything at all that resembles anything to do with West Memphis in the way that they were killed or? I'm trying to think. Uh, nothing, nothing overt. Uh I try. I mean, just kind of weird, kind of symbolism. Uh, 
Gannon was on a show called Chicago Barstool Chicago, uh, who was kind of the original investigator on it was in uh, of the smiley face killers. It was in July, January of this year. And he said that there's like 13 or 14 kind of secret symbols that are associated with these murders that I don't even know of. I only know the smiley face. So there may be overlaps or anything. Um, I know that, you know, the only connection I know that, uh, what's his name? Genesis P orge. I kind of used a smiley face at times in some of his, art and iconography so that would be the closest about, thing would be echoes to orage to the smiley face killers right yeah because i was thinking about the way that they were tied tied up you know the way that they were the, those boys at the west west memphis three were tied up was very specific and i didn't know you know i, I could only imagine you know um anything you know, tying somebody down throwing them and disposing their body in the water if there was some sort of connection with the way that they were tied so that you can you know what i mean I'm just thinking out loud here, but well, I know like one of the guys, Dakota James, had a Garrett garage or something that tied around his neck. There was a mark there, so something was going on. He was kept alive he, when he was found missing forty days. Was he in the uh, Pittsburgh? And his body was fairly intact. Like he didn't. He was obviously alive for like thirty-five days. So he kept. Oh, they man. kept him somewhere. So you don't want to become a victim of these people at all. You got to really be careful with these bars. And a lot of those like people at those bars are flat out criminals and they've probably been drugging people for a long time. They're experienced. So you got to, you got to watch out which bar you go in, like in Austin. These are all blue States too. Like it's all happening in blue cities and stuff like that, which, you know, some of these people are not, it's clearly like nihilism, godlessness. Like you can do that to somebody else. Um, I know Texas is big, but can man, you Texas. Yeah, it's happening in Austin. There's four cases in uh, Houston. There's one in San Antonio. So uh, it's Austin is cr- crazy hot and it's brought a lot of public attention in Chicago as well. So now, can you tell us a little bit about the can Order you... of the Nine? Oh, so go on, go on, Matthew. Sorry, bro. No, no, it's all good. I was just gonna ask if uh, if he can get uh, if he kind of explained the the smiley based uh, killings. Right, it got its name from two original investigators. I hadn't heard of that yet. Yeah, it got its name from two original investigators. Steve Gann- uh, was not Bannon, but Gannon and Gilbertson. Gannon was a New York PD uh, officer, and Gilbertson is a criminologist or teaches criminology, criminal procedure, or something like that in, uh, I think it's Wisconsin. So they saw similar cases of young men going out, very suspicious, like, Nobody sees them drown. They leave bars and die. And uh, so then they kind of just contacted each other through their research and they put together a book called Case Studies in Drowning Forensics or Forensic Drowning. And so that was kind of like the first and they gave it the name Smiley Face Killers because there was a correlation between these types of death and find deaths and finding a smiley face. So uh, that's how it got its name. And then people just kind of it became. There was another girl, I know her name, I'm not going to mention it. She was on Coast to Coast talking about it. And it just kind of gathered steam as people saw more and more cases. There used to be a lot of studies. There was a smiley face group on uh, Facebook for a time. I got off Facebook because Mark Zuckerberg is totally evil. Uh, so I'll never go there. I'm surprised I even used Instagram. But there was a lot of Facebook pages of people studying it, independent guys with graphs and Excel spreadsheets and stuff like that, trying to correlate cases. Um, and then I made two documentaries about it in 2017 
2021. And I really just kind of scratched the surface. I think I've only covered 120 cases, probably three or 400 total globally. Um, but it's just the wow. phenomenon of young men, yeah, going out, bar, disappear, get separated from friends or walk away from friends or get kicked out of the bar and that the uh, bouncers don't let them in. Very suspicious stuff. And then they disappear and later to be found in water, oftentimes previously searched, like there's massive searches. The family members come in from out of town. They're looking around. They're bothering the cops. It's the same phenomenon. It's the same thing that happens over and over in these cases. Seamus Gray is a perfect example. This guy who disappeared out of Waukegan at a bar by himself, acting strange, fighting, getting kicked out. I don't know if that was his stand. I don't know his family or anything. But just acting, real fighting on the cement, a sidewalk, which is, you know, odd, like rolling around with people, wanders off and never is seen again alive. Missing 33 days. And he should have been found. Like, I mean, a body's, you know, they they you know in water or anything like that they typically float when you drown you don't people think they drop to the bottom they don't because there's usually gases or something air in your body that uh brings you to the top so why aren't they found in obvious searches so where's he been you know where's Seamus Gray been for 33 days I don't know what the composition of his body is or how he was found or anything like that but I think he was found in a very obvious area which is very suspicious yeah, I believe what happens is the same thing that happens in a body of water that happens in humans or over humans, but people that are, you know, that die even, you know, not in water, in that the microbes um start uh digesting um the human body pretty much. And so that through fermentation they start producing a lot of gas gases, which is why people bloat uh usually after their death significantly. It's like the same thing that happens um, with a fish, right? Sometimes mm -hmm. it's uh, like a big whale or something will float to the surface because that's gas. so they have they have more air which you know gives them buoyancy which moves in dead man's float too that's why a lot of uh murderers will weigh bodies down when they they throw them in you know rivers or wherever so they don't float back up so i all, think that's the mechanism if i remember correctly all these all these smiley face uh killings they're they're all uh this you said they're all the same as in with again with the water yeah, I think they that's really what sets the them water. apart. Are this they, kind of pool of cases. Are they ritualistic killings like the West Memphis? I mean, they could be. They could be. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. really know what happens. Like, nobody's well, there. We, we, think, they we yeah. think they probably are just because of the, the, the constant involvement with water, right? Because... Similarities. Again, like, you can... There's various ways, you know, that you could dispose of a body, right, after murder, but why ritualistically, continuously are these bodies found in water, some you know? Bodies, some of them are tied up, and, uh, you know, some of the symbols that um, William talked about. Well, I mean, I've done a huge kind of inquiry into, like, the smiley face going back in time, like, what it represents. It's used by so many... I really got into the smiley face killing because... I was researching um, Alan Moore, who wrote The Watchmen. So I kept seeing the smiley face. And then I remember the story of the smiley face killers, which I thought was an urban myth. And then I was just kept seeing smiley faces in the common culture, clothes and bands and all this stuff. And so then I really started just following the cases. I think I've ran into Jim Smith. I can't believe that he and I have like followed these cases. He was before me, but like 2016 like crazy and my first case was uh a young guy joey labute in columbus ohio same thing happened 
total search, disappeared out of a bar, family's concerned, a missing person flyers, cops get involved, and he re magically reappeared in a place that was already searched in the Seattle River. So um, that's really where it got started. But yeah, that's how I got interested in Where's the case, the was really face? from the occult. Pardon? Where did the smiley face come in? Uh, like, is that like a, a signature mark or something? Or yeah, that's what the two guys, there was the a correlation. Face? Yeah, so the correlation between Gannon and Gilbertson was they found the smiley face associated with where they think the bodies went into the water. And so that's how they got it. But uh, I think the smiley face is an occult symbol. It has a esoteric and exoteric uh, meaning. So it just can be a smiley face, but it's also kind of a symbol that they use is like... Uh, it's like laughing through tragedy. There's a real theme of creating Same. tragedy and making laughing about it. So it's almost like a satanic joker archetype. The guys from PSYOP Cinema have done like tons of shows on the joker arch archetype, which like was drawn by Alan Moore. So this whole concept, the joker and the whole common culture is everywhere. But the idea yeah. that you are criminally minded. And if you look at the comedian, the concept of the comedian in Watchmen, it's a guy who kills and doesn't care. He goes to Vietnam and just causes havoc and laughs about it. So you see that that smiley face is associated with that principle, that concept. It has a kind of a deeper meaning too, like uh, aeonic change and uh, the era, rising the era of magic, like the smile of destroying the old era and putting a new era in, at least in some occult circles, like the neo-pagan circles. And I think it goes back to Burroughs. Burroughs was a user of the smiley face. That's why you see it on uh, Nirvana. It's not there by mistake. Not in there. Uh, yeah, and for all the who don't know, but, Alan Moore is a huge occultist. He's a he says he spends occultist. says he spends half of his time making comments and the other half practicing magic. Right, and he has like a demon god that he, uh, you know, was a snake god Glycon that he contacted. So that's like another thing. Like he's he's in contact with entities by his own admission, and it's included in Children of the Beast. So you want to go back to Ephesians six twelve, like. You can see that. I wouldn't be surprised if all... I mean, you talk Johnny Depp. Eccles is uh, possessed. Like, you... These people are trying to contact entities to try to get power information, just like Crowley. So there's yeah, not much different. Alice Daly. Daly. Was it Dwash Cool or whatever it was? And I think that the the new Lucis Trust, like, they meditate for the... I mean, they talk about the Christ and all the stuff. It's not the Christian Christ. It's the satanic Christ, but they meditate like I was told they're they're meditating for the W World Economic Forum. So when the economic forum gets together and does their weird convocations, the the Lucis Trust is there, you know, trying to contact the entities to give these guys inspiration. So these lunatics who are murdering people all over the world with their kill shots and lousy, you know, neo-feudal slavery are being inspired by evil spirits. It's like it's People cannot see what's in front of their face. Yeah. And I, uh, you can go look at like the stuff of Lucis Trust in, in Geneva, I think it is, or Basel, somewhere in Switzerland. But they like use the full pyramidal pyramid structure and all that stuff. It's like straight occultism, man. It's yeah. just like the, here in America with, you know, every president, you know, they have the ritual um, for the day the the Antichrist will rise. You know, what we see in uh, the the Fall Brothers documentary, um, you know how the Cyrus rising. Whatever happened the, to the Fall Brothers? Are they no longer? Cyrus. 
Are they no longer at uh, Skywatch? Uh, no, they they separated from Skywatch, and right now I know that Justin he had a lot of uh, he had something in his throat, he had throat surgery or something, so he's been recovering for a while. But both both him and his brother right now, as we talk, are uh, working on another project. Yeah, I think it's have... independent. But how long were they at Skywatch for? I think they only did that one one that I was in, Belly of the Beast, right? Yeah, what? as far as I know, they didn't make as much profit as they wanted. Not uh, Skywatch didn't make as much pro- profit as they wanted to, so they kind of parted ways. I love both the documentaries, to be honest. All the ones that they did were awesome. Documentaries are actually affiliated with Skywatch, but um, they left Skywatch in the same year they started. So, oh, so they didn't stay there very long, huh? No. Now, William, before you leave, uh, I don't even know how much time we have, but um, I, can you break down a little bit? Because last time we had you on Buy, Buy Their Fruits, we talked about the global death cult, and uh, we got into the Order of the Nine Angles a little bit, which is something, you know, a secret society that not many people have ever heard of. I never heard of it until you brought it up. I didn't know yeah, about it you... either. I really yeah. I came through it just researching the Spotty Face Killers. Actually, somebody wow. was leaving stuff on my YouTube, and then... This guy Igor Sarsky, Igor Sarsky reached out to me, and that was like a whole nother rabbit trail I went down, you know, rabbit hole. And uh, it really was a group that started came out of, believe it or not, far right politics in the UK. Uh, yep. Lots of Nazi sympathies and pro Hitler. They they record time not from the time of the birth of Jesus, but the year that Hitler was born, eighteen eighty nine. Um, so very strange kind of group, but they started. It seemed to be started small. And just kind of grew with the internet and really had they have kind of cells and groups all over the world with the ultimate goal of creating this kind of dark imperium sometime in the future, 300 years from now. But uh, really brutal ideas about calling human beings, kind of like the Nazis getting rid of undesirable racial groups or whatever. So their view is to pick an offer, which is a sacrifice. That's a sacrifice in German word, I think. And then select somebody and kill them and not get caught. So that's really, and that's actually part of their scale. So like, if you go up to 33 degrees of of masonry, like they don't have kill somebody to get to the top, but um, the order of nine angles does. I think it's like the fourth thing you're supposed to select to sacrifice and kill it. So, so that's kind of what led my interest into it is kind of like that ideology could inspire somebody to do the stuff, the smiley face killer. So that led to my book, Global Death Cult. But um it's very deep very clever very well written obviously somebody's very intelligent somebody writes cogent missives but uh there's an interesting part in there the uh, the letters of stephen brown where there's a communication between uh, the suspected founder of the order of nine angles david myatt and uh the temple of set and michael aquino so they're kind of like badgering each other yeah it's interesting because it kind of shows like uh, squabbles within the occult and how Myatt really thought that uh, the Temple of Set and Aquino was kind of a poser because he didn't kill enough people. He wasn't as mean enough, which is kind of interesting. But actually, like this, the the ideas had real world consequences. People were picking up those ideas here in the States, Adam Waffen. And actually, there was a huge battle within Adam Waffen of like, who's going to, are we going to go the route of the Order of Nine Angles and inculcate their ideas into our group? Um, but also there's been crimes of, that people have done that have been caught uh, associated with the ONA. There's a guy who just got sentenced 
His name was Ethan Meltzer. They threw the book at him. He got a, like a quarter century uh, date for trying to set up his army brigade to be slaughtered in Turkey, contacting the O9A. There's another guy in Canada. His name was William von Nudigem. He just got sentenced. They said he was, uh, you know, they had voices in his head, like he was a schizophrenic. I was like, well, that's part of the whole like ONA doctrine is to like communicate with spirits and get possessed, literally possessed. And then you kind of see, um, I've done a lot of work recently. I did a long post on Ed Sheeran's Bad Habits, which is just a visual display of ONA ideology, which is to like become possessed at night, stay out at night until dawn and uh, be kind of a vampire, like a psychic vampire. So it's, uh, he's really, and that's, that song has had, I mean, just on YouTube alone is half a billion uh, views. So people are just being, indoctrinated or inducted or initiated into these concepts just watching flat out really clever i mean they did it i mean whoever did that video very clever and knows the ona so it really does have real world effects on murders and um the culture and another one was a guy by the name of daniel hussein who uh went out and killed two women at a park in london he he wanted to get some benefit from some demon he called uh forgot the name of it but he was on a website that was from here was become a living god that was the bulg was the website was run which by. is similar to damien eccles proclamations right very very sounds very similar and the guy's name was ea Quetting, which is interesting because i was on a show with him back in 20 like way back machine 2010 this ea Quetting guy who was kind of writing stuff that inspired this daniel hussein guy to go kill somebody in london so you see something from the u.s go all the way to the uk because of the internet so that whole kind of global nature and theme that i include you know the title of my book is because it's kind of global in nature now now the culture and the communications and things like that so um so do you think it was a way and william you and i have talked about this and definitely everybody uh go uh pick out pick up uh william's excellent book uh global death cult on the order of the nine angles um, that you're so gracious to autograph for me. Um, and you know, I, um, so to me, it seemed like the order of the nine angles was a way to push, uh, uh, fascism, true fascism, you know, everybody likes to label everything as fascism now, but true fascism, uh, white nationalism, uh, a uh, uh, military, uh, paramilitary training, uh, and Satanism all rolled into one, right? So it was to kind of, you know, radicalize people online through white nationalism and then get them to join uh, this uh, paramilitary group for paramilitary type training and then indoctrinate them in occultism and Satanism. Uh, and this was happening throughout the world, including in Russia with the base. Uh, and it was happening, and it, it does appear, at least by my research, it seems to be pushed by uh, the upper level of the American government and the upper level of the Russian government, including Dugan himself, too, as well, right? So you could almost say it could be Bannon in America and Dugan in the United – I would say the European Union as well, too, uh, but it would be certain countries, I think, within the European Union, if I'm not mistaken. You can quote me – correct me on this if I'm wrong, but like Poland, for example, um, uh, being involved in kind of like – training people for a paramilitary 
uh, almost like race war, like Rahoa, but from a spiritual occultish uh, type uh, belief system, very similar to Gladio Left Behind Networks, right? So of which the that founder would... was part of, right? Combat yes. 88, he was part of it. So it was so that would be kind of like an ad- adequate representation, you think? Yeah, I think you just uh, perfectly summarized it. I think that was really the whole goal and to get the ideas out. Not they were frustrated. Maya was part of the National Front, I think it was called, or National Alliance, that could only get about 15% of the vote in the UK. So I think he was a frustrated politician who said, What's our other way around this? Let's do cell cells, you know, small groups. That will forward our thing, accelerate the downfall of this current system so that we can be the ones to pick up the pieces. So it's accelerationism, training, insight roles, just like you said. So that was why the Azov Battalion was so big on the far right and included some of these lunatics is because they could go get training. They're probably all dead. It it Uh, was to take uh, frustrated youth uh, of Gen Z and millennials uh, who were kind of uh, upset of the increasing of, um, you know, cultural degeneracy, uh, as well as, you know, tough economic times, um, millennials and even uh, older millennials or uh, Gen Xers not probably being the best of parents either too as well, kind of like the latchkey vagabond generation too, kind of like the desperation uh for both a carnal level but also a spiritual level as well because the lack of christianity uh within the united states of america and less you know less parents you know going to church less parents taking their children to church uh so kind of like you know the you know uh Christianity, you know, at least being a bulwark against these type of ideas uh, and, you know, ending up, uh, you know, uh, these kids coming out of what they call a vagabond lost generation um, kind of being open to through social media, through TikTok, through Discord, uh, through all these apps to be radicalized uh, and in doing so end up being open to uh, groups like the Order of the Nine Angles and Adam Waffen, uh, and actually becoming white nationalists or racists and occultists uh, to kind of uh, being pushed by all this new age uh, beliefs, Satanist, Satanistic beliefs, uh, and as well as being, I guess, by the governments of the world, by Satan, being psychologically, psychographically, and spiritual warfare, being upon this lost generation, pushing these people to the uh fullest extremes because they don't have a christian backing and they feel hopeless i really agree i think that's the real kind of uh, psychological background there's no no kind of faith involved with any of these people so it's not christian there's no jewish jews or i don't know the, the people attracted to it don't have any affinity for the church or christ and they and uh, ona mocks them they call them nazarene so that would include jews too but uh, so I think you're right. So it's a, kind of a lot. And all those, a lot of these people in Adam often are kind of hapless. They're, uh, it's like they just didn't get down the right road of academics or sports or something like that. They could just anything just they could become part of. So I think that they were just like you said, they were right pickings for somebody else to say, you got the solution right here. Adam often, you know, and we saw a lot of that during 2016. Uh, Trump campaign, which is why I myself as a new ager at the time uh, 
voted for Trump, became ingratiated in Trump, uh, and also was had you know was being steered into white nationalism during that time period too as well, uh, which Bannon prouds himself. Uh, you know, of of pushing and steering the world kind of in that direction, right? And and so, you know, that is where it kind of leads itself today. Very sadly, is we see with the twenty twenty four presidential campaign, it appears that radicalization and polarization, as well as anything that isn't Jesus Christ, uh, being pushed to the masses yet again on all sides, right or the left, it doesn't matter, right? So on the left, you get kind of the social justice warrior, you know, everything is an issue, everything is problematic uh, type um, alienation and spiritual uh, demoralization, which happens, right, with the LGBTQT plus uh, community, uh, and everybody's a victim, uh, you know, and then on the, you know, people that kind of lean right, uh, it's, it's, you know, white nationalism or nationalism, uh, and, uh, you know, seven mountains, dominionism and spiritualism and occultism, uh, is being pushed. So it's like, pick your own flavor, right? It's like a horseshoe, right? So, you know, if you kind of are a little bit left-leaning, well here, you know, Satan has this for you. And if you're right-leaning, well, Satan has this for you and it's to take people away from God and to ultimately it's going to destroy any fabric we have of civilization, which will lead to the Antichrist, which will lead to the beast system, uh, you know, and I mean, America is falling. You know, I don't think America's Babylon, but America is like many, you know, all of Western civilization, you know, which used to be very heavily rooted in Christianity is no longer the case. And it's only going to continue to get worse. Yeah, it's bad now, too. You're absolutely right. But yeah, I think that almost... Uh, being a believer takes you out of the far the right left paradigm. Like I don't even feel like I'm in that paradigm because I yes. feel like my financial views are uh, laissez faire. Like I'm not a capitalist, but I have very kind of open. Like I'm a, a constitutionalist, Bill of Rights person. Like let's get in small state. Like I just don't yeah. think like God is the uh, the state isn't my God. You know, Jesus is in heaven. That's the God and the Father. So well, I feel like. Yeah. I'm actually kind of a Washingtonian, this government that governs best, governs least. So I don't feel like, I think that people, like I've tried to get my, extract myself from the right, left paradigm, and I would recommend other people do as well. And I think that the the way to extract it is to get back to your faith, get back to the Bible, Bible beliefs, views, because it solves so many of the problems of like unequal distribution of wealth and things like that. Because if you're actually practicing it properly, you're not trying to take drive other people into poverty. You have no. there's enough. There's actually enough. We have an overabundant system. So just the fact that we can't feed people or house people is just astonishing joke. Because I think in a real Christian kind of uh, government or sense, like let's get people into houses. Let's make them not homeless. Like you can build a house for five thousand bucks. You don't have to like put it in uh, Malibu or Manhattan or something like that. Like let's fix this. Like. So this is, a, yeah, it's no longer a Christian system, but the right-left paradigm is a trap, I think. Yeah. And Very think, much so. In yeah. thinking, a spiritual trap, an intellectual trap, and a political trap. Like, I don't, I don't because at the top, it's really just a uniparty anyway. They're all fleecing us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, there's, and this is completely biblical. This isn't me saying this. This is the word of God saying this. This is Jesus who said this, you know. There's only two kingdoms period there is the kingdom of god and there's the kingdom of this world 
and it there's no such thing as dual citizenship you know you, you you're you have to either be loyal to one or the other you can't have one foot in the kingdom and one foot in the world and that's what the left right paradigm people who see themselves as Christians but try to remain on the right because they believe the lie that they're being told constantly on television you know in the media and you can't do that you know you cannot be a part of the left right paradigm or your loyalty has to be to Christ if you are going to be truly an ambassador for Christ. And, you know, Jesus said it best. My kingdom is not of this world. <laughs> and he is our king. And there will... There never has and there never will be a Christian government until our king returns and sets up his kingdom, you know, on this world. Yeah. Then we'll have a Christian ruler because we'll have Christ as the ruler. And as far as you know the the occult goes it's very easy to see that especially with politics that it's not people behind these things it it's spirits behind these things because you know you can trace the things that are happening right now back hundreds of years you know, think of the uh, Manzini Pike letter mm. that literally described World War One and Two and what's going on in the world and this country right now. I mean, let's face it. There, in reality, there's honestly no such thing as racism in this country. At least not the way the the media portrays it constantly you know i gotta be careful how i say this but if if a person who isn't of color happens to kill someone who is of color every media outlet there is is going to talk about it and play it constantly however people of the same color kill each other as well as people of other colors every day of the week. And you don't hear about that on the news. The reason for that is there is an agenda. You know, one of the big things that the Pike letter said would happen in World War III is a race war. And you can see the powers that shouldn't be stoking the fires between 
people of color and people who aren't of color. But, you know, that that's one of the things that I love about being born again and in the kingdom of God is because it makes no difference to me what color anybody is because when we are citizens born again citizens of you know the new jerusalem we are in the kingdom of god even though we're not there yet we are to live as if we are and you know the word is clear there's no jew gentile black white yellow red male female and we are supposed to love people as we're supposed to love our brothers and sisters the same way Christ, you know, loved people, no matter what their color is. And I think that's one of the ways to it's, it's one of the ways to know people by their fruits, you know, if they are do you know living like that and, and the other things that, that Christ commanded us to do. But you have the Manzini Pike letter. These guys weren't prophets, but there were spiritual entities. The same spiritual entities that were behind them are still around, and they are, you know, continuing the same agenda, which is to eventually bring about the rise of the Antichrist. You know, you have. Alice Bailey and, you know, her writings, which are very, very similar to the writings of Albert Pike and Manzini. And the, the reason for this, and you have people today that believe the same things and that are carrying out the same agendas, people like Aquino and even Trump and, uh, Bush Sr., Jr., you know, all of these people who have been proven to be occultists, like, you know, Jr. was in Skull and Bones, and, you know, I think it was his second term when he ran against Kerry. It wouldn't have mattered who won. You'd have had a Bonesman in the White House, and... The same spirits are still around, and they are what's behind the governments of the world, the Klaus Schwab's of the world, the economic forum. You know, these are just human beings, even though they're elite, and, you know, we can, we can be bad all by ourselves without demons. I understand that. However... The thief, which is the devil, comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And Satan is not the enemy of Christians. He's the enemy of all mankind. He wants to kill every human being. He hates us. And that's what the people who worship him don't get. I mean, he hates them as well. They're pawns. But... You see these serial killers who are labeled as 
sociopaths and psychopaths and they're they seem to be so intelligent now i have no proof of this other than a you know just a a, a theory and a feeling but i don't believe that they're actually that intelligent but that they're all demon possessed as they can be and those entities are that intelligent and i'm not saying that none of them are intelligent i'm just saying that i think we'd all agree that the ones that are doing the ritualistic killings the the satanist are definitely possessed they've purposely open themselves up to spirits and they do it for power and for knowledge gnosis and these entities are smarter than we are i mean they they truly are if for no other reason it's because they are disembodied you know they can see things we can't they can't see into the future but they can influence mankind and have generations doing their bidding and if you look down through the generations at how the world the united states especially but also the world has gotten more wicked more wicked and you know like you guys were saying less christian taking prayer out of schools taking god out of schools um then it was the feminist agenda then it was gay rights and mark my words in five years or less because this is what the LGBTQ, JRSK, whatever agenda is about. In five years or less, pedophilia will be legal. The UN just brought that up too. That is the agenda. And it will happen. And I and... just wanted. Go ahead, Matthew. I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's all good. I was just going to say, uh, and then I'm going to have to run, uh, but I just wanted to kind of say to uh, kind of bring some uh, edification and going along with what Jeremy just got done saying a minute ago with the, uh, the false dichotomy of the right and the left and even the so-called exposing of, you know, the ones like the, the, the Trump QAnon and all that quote-unquote exposed in the new world order and the elite the very real threats that are out there uh but the ones that are exposing them at least from the new age side uh, i'm not talking about from the christian side because there's certainly many christians like we are right now that are exposing those uh the satanic elite but a lot of them are new age even those are there's um i think a lot more uh dangerous you know the the false light uh satan comes as the angel of light 
uh, setting up those real threats to uh, later come and expose and and win the trust of the world to, I believe, set up the, the real B system <laughs> like it talks about in Revelations. But um, I guess what my point is uh, to kind of show kind of just a um, – to help people who are trying to figure out, you know, a lot of people try to figure out where well, I, I can see ob the obvious evil of the left and the right, you know, it's, uh, they deceive a lot, but you know, it's two sides of the same coin, two wings of the same bird, all that kind of stuff. And then trying to figure out well, is Trump really, you know, who he says he is, or is he really part of this? this is to solve all of that for anybody who's a Christian and, like Jeremy said, a citizen of the kingdom of God. Jeremy's absolutely right. There's two kingdoms, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of this world. And if you've been born again and put onto the vine, you're a citizen of the kingdom of God. And Jesus is our king. So if we keep our eyes on Jesus then and not look to the leaders of the kingdom of this world, no matter how good or bad they seem, um, whether it's Trump or any of the, the obvious or any of the anybody uh, uh, any kind of leader of this world the kingdom of this world if we don't look at them for for our hope of uh of of any kind of salvation whether it's salvation from the things of this world or whatever if, if we're looking at jesus as is the our only hope then we won't be deceived by all those you know is this person true or is this person true or is this person false you know so many people get caught up in that um trying to figure out who is you know really good or bad or part of this and and that's the devil will try to he's going to deceive a lot of people um i believe um when when these these uh he's got these new agers setting up uh this this great um great this uh great awake you know the wake in america and all that kind of stuff uh that the jesus said it would even it would even deceive the very legs if it was possible and i think a lot of the church who is looking at these leaders in in the kingdom of this world as a salvation whether they admit it or not they're looking at them to uh save us from these um obvious evil uh, people, you know, the Clintons and the Bushes and the, the Gates, Bill Gates, all these people that then take much discernment to see are evil. Um, and we have people that are doing a lot, saying a lot of the same things we're saying tonight, but they're, they're saying they're coming from a different angle. And it's, and I believe it's all that stuff Satan set up just so he could come later and expose and uh and i mean think about stuff we've been talking about for a while but think about someone who their entire paradigm changes in a day someone comes out and completely without any kind of doubt and any you know completely uh exposes something like that and their whole uh everything they realize in one day everything they've been told all their life has been a lie yeah and that whoever said exposes that is going to come across like the savior uh, you know you have free energy and free uh redistribution of wealth and all this Med stuff beds. that looks like gold do what 
the med beds, the free cures and stuff like that, the cure any diseases yeah, and cure all that L- stuff. L- yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can have all the different uh, flavors uh, in there, you know, the, the uh, UFO deception. I mean, I think there's a lot, a lot put into this, but the end game is Satan's going to come out looking like the, the hero, mm-hmm, even mm-hmm. though he's the one who set up the trap himself. But um, they get around all that and not to be deceived, just, you know, keeping our eyes on Jesus as our hope instead of the leaders of this world. Um, you know, we won't be deceived. That's all I wanted to say. And I'm going to have to go. But I appreciate appreciate uh, Brother William Ramsey. I thank you for coming on. And um, I love all y'all brothers. And I'll I'll uh, I'll see you. I got to run too, guys. I think my time. Um, is real, real quick. I, I've got to run. And I'll send you guys the audio too. Real quick, William, can you tell everybody where they can find your work real quick? Um, yeah. Plug your work and everything. Thank you very hey. much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for the invite. Great to be here. Great to talk with all of you. Uh, you can find my website at WilliamRamseyInvestigates.com. My uh, podcast is at 920 episodes, so you can kind of go back through. I've got a, had a lot of Christian guests like John. Uh, that's at William Ramsey Investigates. And then my videos, if you want to see videos on the Smiley Face Killers, you can go to my Vimeo page. Just type in William Ramsey and that'll pop up. I have five documentaries there. And if you want signed copies, you can get them at my website. Awesome. Awesome. Well, All right, guys. Take care. God bless. God bless. Since you're recording, I'm going to close this out and then you can uh, end it. Um, okay. Again, like I said, thank you for coming on. Um, it okay. was awesome episode uh for kingdom productions the remnant report and by their fruits i am the remnant warrior saying good night and god bless god bless Thank you for listening to Buy Their Fruits. May the Lord bless the giver, the gift, and the receiver.